Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Get ready for some wind therapy. It's On Two Wheels with Dr. John on PIX 106. Riding a motorcycle gives you a feeling of freedom. We've talked about that in previous podcasts. It's exhilarating. It's fun. The sights, the sounds, your senses experience things you'd never experience in a car. But riding also is very dangerous and requires focus and skill, skills that can save your life. There should not be a rider out there who does not want to improve their skills. And how do you do that? And for those of you who may have never been on a motorcycle before or have limited experience, where do you start to develop the skills? Well, for those answers, I've got some pretty cool people in the room with me today. We've got Tom Hall, who's joined me before, director of the Brunswick, New York, Harley Owners Group chapter. Martin Kaiser, New York State Motorcycle Safety Program Instructor and Patriot Guard Ride Captain. And Ben Zadranzi. No? Zadrozny. Oh, okay, close. How Martin says I can call you Ben Z. Ben Z works. Okay, perfect. Well, we've got Ben Z. He is he's like a head muckety muck here. He's the program manager for the New York State Motorcycle Safety Program. So welcome, guys. I appreciate you taking the time. Thanks. Thank you, John. So where do you start? Well, some guy, Tom, walks into Brunswick Harley, let's say, and says, I want to get a motorcycle. I want to ride. No experience, no license. What do you tell him? I tell him, do yourself a big favor and go take one of the courses at Hudson Valley Community College or your other local community college run by an MSF instructor. Um I tell them that statistically they will reduce the chance of being involved in a crash substantially simply by taking the course. And then we try to give them some literature and uh, we go from there. And a lot of people tell me, oh, I'm already signed up. Oh, I'm going to sign up. Um, it, 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 it is helpful to them. And these courses go on from spring to fall. And let's talk about those courses, the motorcycle uh, safety program that is put on at Hudson Valley Community College and at various places throughout the state. But, Ben Z, you, you are the state official on this. So tell us a little bit about the program. Well, for the past six or seven years, I've been the program manager. Uh, this is a dream job for me. Um, you know, the Motorcycle Safety Foundation has trained more than 8 million students nationally. Uh, they're really an international company. Um, and they're dedicated to motorcycle safety through rider education and training. Um, in New York, the Motorcycle Safety Foundation, MSF, we administer the program for New York State DMV and have for years. Uh, we train between seventeen and 18,000 New Yorkers every year with getting properly trained and licensed so they can be safer on the highways. The basic rider course is probably the, the most recognized course that we offer. There are, are plenty of others uh, also offered here in New York. Now, some of the courses that we offer are the basic rider course to license waiver. Those slightly higher speeds, a little more skill involved. You, you should have a, a pretty good feel for you know, riding your motorcycle, the basics. 
And that's a one-day class, and there's a, a three-hour uh, e-course that you'll take and then go right to the range exercises. There's a road test at the end. And similar to the basic rider course, uh, the completion of either of those courses provides you with a New York State DMV road test waiver, which is kind of nice. Let us train you. Now, the basic rider course, just to flip-flop a little here with you, we provide the motorcycle and the helmet if you need it. That's a two-day course. It's, it involves a three-hour e-course so that everybody's on the same level playing field when they come to classroom. They've got the basics, okay? Then they will participate in a five-hour uh, rider coach guided classroom sessions, two of those. And then there's two five-hour riding sessions where they're right on motorcycles and, and they'll ride uh, for those 10 hours and we keep those wheels turning if the wheels aren't turning you're not learning and so we do a very good job of that but where the motorcycle safety foundation is really successful is getting between a student's ears that's the really the, the most successful piece of safety equipment that you can have is your brain is your knowledge so we're we're very good at um, educating our students with you know, the, the risks and all of the, the knowledge and skill to ride, but highway situations as well, you know, highway scenarios. So it's really soup to nuts. So that's where we start inside uh, their heads, and then we go right to skills, okay? And the skills that they learn in the basic rider course, those are life-saving skills. Those are stopping. Those are turning. Those are uh, stopping in a corner, tight space maneuvers when you have to make a u-turn what do you do um, i took the course years and years ago martin was instrumental in my development as a msf certified rider coach and i learned to turn around in a very limited amount of space that's a safety thing if you think about it you're going to make a u-turn most folks don't always know where they're going, so you can turn around safely. So there's a lot of skills that you pick up that do keep you safer on the road. And it goes further than that. Um, the, the underpinnings of the Motorcycle Safety Foundation, the MSF, is really there are just a few basic underpinnings that I should, I should start with. Getting trained and licensed. You know, take an MSF rider course. We've got nearly 50 sites throughout the state to do that. Okay. Um, the majority of America is running the MSF curricula, and that includes the military. Now, those 50 sites or so, um, most of those are civilian, but there's also five uh, military sites as well. So the military has embraced the MSF curricula to help keep our soldiers safer. Um, successful cl completion of the course, we talked about the road test waiver, and that includes the basic rider course two license waiver. Now, let's talk about that for a sec. If, the, if you have some skill, you've had a permit for upwards of 6 to 12 months, you have basic skills already, you have a motorcycle, you can take the basic rider course too on your own bike. Now, you will complete the e-course, and that, again, provides you with a lot of knowledge you couldn't otherwise know. It's a very, very effective e-course. It's about three hours. And then you'll take... You'll go with uh, skilled rider coaches like Martin, who will take you through the range exercises and really get knee-deep in, again, life-saving techniques, stopping, turning, uh, traction management, all the things that are important to a cyclist, okay? Um, and at that point, there's a road test and a completion card, which does get you that New York DMV road test. 
The MSF is an advocate for always wearing all the gear all the time. ACAT. You hear that? That's a familiar phrase. Wear all the gear. And we'll actually talk to uh, you know, what type of gear that, that would work for different climates and uh, protection levels. Okay. We, we wearing it all the time uh, is, is, is crucial. Okay. Now, I will go further to say high vis yellow is a great color. See and be seen. Okay. There's a lot of distracted folks out there on the highways right now, right? So I want to make sure that they can see me. They may just catch that bright yellow jacket out of the corner of their eye. The worst thing a motorcyclist can ever hear is, oh, I didn't see you. Okay. That's, that's a bad thing to hear. Um, we coach our students to never ever ride under the influence and we use fatal vision goggles and, and specific exercises i tried those yeah and it'll show you pretty <laughs> much what a little bit of alcohol will do to your vision it physically affects your vision not just your judgment yeah i that. think after the after the course we went up uh in the classroom and i raised my hand <laughs> i said i'll try those put them on i couldn't walk two feet i don't think we're talking to ben z program manager from the new york state motorcycle safety program along with him martin kaiser and tom hall uh all experts in their fields and i'm happy to have them here we're talking a little bit about the uh, uh the courses that are available and the uh the different levels of of riding and you know, Tom said at the beginning he would instruct somebody if they came into uh, the Harley shop to uh, first take one of these courses if they didn't have any experience whatsoever. And even if you have experience, if you have years of experience, to go back and just uh, refresh yourself and, and learn or relearn the skills. Because I think as Martin pointed out, um, if you want to comment on this, Martin, everybody gets into having bad habits from time to time and you fall into traps and uh, to refresh your skills and get out of those habits is an important thing. Yeah, I'll, you know, I'll say that before I even became a rider coach, I used to take the advanced course every few years just to get rid of bad habits and, uh, you know, get some of the rust off. Um, <clears throat> I started riding like a lot of people did in the dirt and in the woods back in the, in the 60s, and uh, didn't transfer uh, to uh, road riding until um, the gas crisis of the early 70s when everyone wanted to get a motorcycle to ride uh, cheaply. And um, DMV at the time uh, was, was the only way to get your license. There really was no rider courses around. So usually you paired up with a buddy who had a license and, you know, he'd take you out into the road and try to teach you what a clutch did and how the brakes worked. And eventually you'd go down to the DMV and take the, the road test, um, which, which I did not pass four times because they were so, they were, they were so, uh, uh, stringent on everybody getting, trying to get licenses to ride because of the gas crisis. So, uh, you know, it took a while for me to, to pass my road test. Um, but now we have uh, the ability to, uh, you know, as, as Tom and, and Ben has said, uh, to take a course like this uh, in, in order to get your, your license and to learn the things the right way. Um, people come to me at, uh, in the community, you know, outside of my uh, uh, real job and outside of my uh, motorcycle job, and they'll ask me about it, you know, uh, and, and, and I'll tell them, take the course. You know, the best way to learn is to take the course. Uh, the beginning 
the, the first few range exercises that, that uh, we work on really involve control of the motorcycle. We're, we're assuming that some of these students have never been on a motorcycle before. And, uh, and to me, that's okay because they don't come with any preconceived uh, notions that they can ride a bike. So uh, we start with, uh, with baby steps. Duck walking. Uh, le- oh, sorry? <laughs> Duck walking. Yeah, we, we, we push the motorcycles across the range just to learn a little bit of balance and control. And with each exercise, we try to introduce one or two new skills. Um, brake control, throttle control, uh, balance. And we continue to build on top of those skills one after the other. So, um, you know, we might teach a skill in exercise two or exercise three, uh, the friction zone, for example, clutch control. And, and after, um, after that's been taught and after all of the students, you know, show that they have that ability, um, for the rest of the two days, we might not mention that again as, as a learning point. But we tell them you're going to build on that. Uh, you know, the, the last thing you're going to need in the final skill evaluations is, for example, the friction zone. So we build on these things one by one. Um, and by the end of the two days, uh, I'm usually pretty happy sending uh, a group of people back out onto the street that have the basic skills um, needed to ride safe and, and to uh, and to be safe. Yeah, I, I really like the fact that you, you build, you know, you start from square one and build up, and each thing relies on what you've learned previously as you advance. And um, having not really... Uh, ridden a motorcycle in many, many years before I took the course to get my New York State license. The first time I rode a motorcycle was uh, my brother-in-law said, hey, why don't you hop on this? And of course it went out from under me and I said, well, maybe that's not for me. But then, you know, I circled back 20, 30, 40, whatever years later and took the course and yeah, I left there not overly confident, but I knew what I was doing. I didn't know if I had the coordination to be able to, uh, to ride a bike, but I came out of there feeling like okay and I've and I've learned something but having said that practice is one of the most important things too that you guys teach you you, you can show us the skills and and what we need to do but it takes practice after that right Ben mm, exactly when you complete the basic rider course like you did go out and practice ride within your own limits don't try to keep up with your friends if they're your friends they'll wait for you Okay, so ride within your limits. And uh, for goodness sakes, after a year or two, take an intermediate course like the basic rider course two skills practice. Great way to burn the rust off after a long winter. Uh, Get your skills back on your own motorcycle. Look, there's no tests. There's no uh, road test at the end, and there's no classroom. It's really just get on your motorcycle with a pair of rider coaches who will go through, again, a little bit faster speeds on your own ride and take you through those safety uh, exercises to get you better prepared one of the things you know when i took the uh basic rider two course martin you were the instructor i think you were actually my instructor the first time i took the course how long you've been and you came back and i did come back (laughs) how long have you been doing that uh let's see i was certified in 03 so that's 15 years 16 years okay Mm -hmm. so So i've been doing it a while i think you uh, i didn't know you then (laughs) uh but well, I know you now, but I didn't know you then, and you were my instructor. I'm sure of it because I, I know when I took uh, the basic rider two course, I heard some of those same commands that were still in my head from the first course. You know about keeping your head up and turning your head and all that other stuff uh, that's so important 
And I got to tell you, when I'm, if I find that I'm like looking down a little bit, your voice comes right into my head all the time. Martin Kaiser is there. But, you know, you talk about a, you know, a comfort zone. And Tom, you can talk about this a little bit. Everybody's comfort zone is a little bit different, no matter how long you've been riding a bike. And that was the other thing I found in that Basic Rider 2 course was some of the, you know, I'd... Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. We've done some rides with Brunswick Harley Owners Group. We've, we did some day rides and things like that. And I admired some of the other people who were on these rides because they seem to have skills that were a lot better or more developed than mine. Um, and then seeing some of the challenges they had at the Basic Rider 2 course was like, everybody's kind of in the same boat. We may not all be able to do exercise, this exercise, but some of us can, some of us can't, and it's just a variety. And what Tom preaches at Brunswick Hog when we go on rides is, if we're going to do a group ride, we have to make sure that we keep it within the comfort zone of those who are on the ride with us, correct? Absolutely. It's almost like you have to gear the, the ride to the least accomplished rider. You do not want to take and push the least accomplished rider outside their comfort zone. Invariably, something bad happens, or they don't come back because they you have pushed them too far. Um, sometimes some people who are more accomplished get bored with that, but that's just that's just the way it goes because safety ultimately is the most important thing. And we've discussed that in other other podcasts and and, and that has to be the the first and foremost concern is is the safety of everybody. And if you have somebody in the middle of a group who's being pushed beyond their limit, um, and they go down, it's not only them who's gonna get hurt, it's a lot of other people. So safety is is very important and keeping everybody uh, in a in a zone that that uh, is is comfortable for them is uh, of utmost concern. Well, again, it goes back to developing skills and practicing. And I see Tom that at Brunswick Harley they're going to do something on Saturday, March tenth, with uh, Ken Condon. Can you tell me a little bit about him? What I what I know about Ken Condon it's been explained to me by uh, some a representative from Harley, and that is that he's a nationally known guru on motorcycle. Uh, safety, motorcycle performance, uh, riding, um, advanced riding skills, um, and uh, he is coming to Brunswick Harley to do a seminar 
called Increasing Cornering Confidence and Safety. Uh, he'll also be there to sign copies of his book, Riding in the Zone. And I guess he'll have other books that he's written um, as well. Um, and just be there to talk to people after he gives his, uh, his spiel. Um, and this is an opportunity that doesn't come along very often. And we are um, reaching out to the motorcycling community, whether it's dirt or, or road or whatever, um, to come around. And it doesn't matter what you ride either. Uh, come around and uh, listen to Mr. Condon speak. Now, he's been a motorcycle instructor, too. Of, uh, he is a motorcycle instructor, um, and I understand he does uh, does that uh, freelance. Uh, you can actually hire him to uh, do private uh, wow, your own personal private duty uh, instruction. Ben, um, are you familiar with him? Do you I know? am. He's on and off-road. They, they just, he's got quite a resume and a lot of experience. And I hear he's, uh, he's fun, too, which makes it even better well that's again going back to the courses while it's not supposed to be entertainment necessarily it's supposed to be a learning experience you guys bring a lot of fun to these courses that, that we take you, you, are, you disagree with me no I, I, I agree with you you know the motorcycle safety foundation very very uh, serious about this needs to be a low threat high challenge class it should be enjoyable everyone should be Learning and, and happy students learn better. Students learn from each other, too. Okay, they share a lot of their own experiences during class. I'm sure you did. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, we grouped during lunch and talked a little bit about what was going on oh, and the challenges that we were all facing and the fact that we couldn't do the figure eight and all that. Uh, yeah. Everybody <laughs> worries about that. It's funny. But, you know, it's funny because when you all debrief after every exercise, that's when a lot of real learning happens. Uh with each other, right. you said you had some uh, some comments from some of the students. You know, it's I will work at different events that we're through the New York State program. We'll we'll be at Americade and the International Motorcycle Show at the Javits Center and the State Fair and other other private uh, uh, different um, events. And and quite frankly, I have students come to me all the time, and they say to me just exactly what you said. I remembered my instruction from my coach. I swerved out of the way, and I, I, I avoided being hurt. I'll hear that every event. Somebody come up to me and tell me about an experience that they had just like you. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Martin is in my head. Yeah. <laughs> How yeah. do I get rid of you? <laughs> no, I really don't want to because your instruction, was so, I thought, was so good and so effective. And entertaining you had stories that you told uh when you talked about some of the different skills you you told stories that related to what we were going to try to do and it and it made sense yeah i i try to relate the exercises to what's going on out on the highway what's going on in the real world uh one of the things that i that i always say <clears throat> with every class is that riding a motorcycle is a sport a motorcyclist is an athlete, and athletes practice their sport. Hockey players practice. We're in the middle of the Olympics right now. They practice. Um, Tiger Woods goes out and practices. And, and I tell them that, you know, if it's, a, if it's Friday night at 11 o'clock and you need milk for the next morning and you're just going to get in your car to drive down to the convenience store, 
you're just driving your car. But when you throw your leg over the saddle and put your gear on, uh, you have to practice your skills. And, you know, as Ben was just saying, I've, I've had, I can think right off the top of my head, uh, at least two people who have come up to me over the years at a convenience store, at a shopping uh, market. And uh, I might not even remember them, but they'll say, I want you to know you saved my life. And, and I'll say, well, that's interesting. Why? How? And they'll tell me about, you know, a deer that jumped out in front of them a quarter of a mile away or, or a car that started pulling out of a parking lot. And, and as ben, ben said, they practice their swerve or they practice their, their, uh, their braking. Uh, and, and that, for me, makes me feel good when somebody comes up and tells me that. Uh, and I've even had one former student uh, become a rider coach because of that. Um, and when he took the course, um, you know, he was just taking the course. And now he's a rider coach. So th those types of things are, are good, good feeling things that we get. And mm -hmm. I'm not speaking just for myself. I'm speaking for all of our rider coaches. They, they'll tell the same stories over and over again. Being an MSF certified rider coach, well, that's a national certification. And many, many, I think we're at 46 different states plus military, right? So if you move around, you can still stay becoming, you know, teaching classes and being an MSF rider coach. Yeah, we just, uh, and, and they were in the hog chapter, uh, uh, Jerry and Donna Roper. Uh, moved down to Louisiana, and Donna is now a, now an instructor, which I think is really really something. I you know we we I saw them recently, and she was thrilled. I mean, she took the classes necessary and the instruction necessary, and she passed. And they're really liking what uh, what they see in her. And and she hasn't been on a bike all that long, number of years, mm -hmm. and uh, and has developed uh, quickly. Um, and now is in a position to teach others the skills that she has learned. Just to follow up on what Martin said, um, in our chapter, there are three to four, maybe more, people that I know uh, of who actually um, had an, a life-threatening experience and what they learned in basic rider course two, which used to be called the advanced rider course, saved their life. Um, when we talked about the actual incident and how it went down and how they were able to keep the bike up, um, th th clearly what they learned in the course saved their life. So this is this is a hundred percent real. It is not uh, uh, marketing hype and BS. And um, there is no, um, there's no amount of money that you can pay to get, learn that skill that saves your life. Um, it's just so much, it's so worth it. Um, and, and if you're going to ride a motorcycle, you really should give yourself that opportunity because um, when, when bad things happen, they can be really bad. That's exactly right. Now, now, John, you've taken the basic rider course. Good. Yes. You took the basic rider course two. And, Very good. Uh, I am considering doing that again this year, but I have a question. And this yeah. is something that Martin brought up when I took the basic rider course two last time. Um, he asked me, so uh, how did you put this? Where's, uh, where's your wife? And the reason he asked that is my wife does not ride except on the back. 
And um, I believe, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but if we do the basic rider course too, she can come along um, and get instructed as well. She can. She can be a passenger. Now, she's your co-rider. She's not your passenger, okay? Okay, co-rider. Right. Your co-rider, well, that person's out there in the, in, the, uh, uh, in the cold, in the hot, in the rain, and covering those long, mild days. And they're very fun. We both know that. But, yeah, that's, that's your co-rider. And, yes, yes, she can. But in your case, you could take the basic rider course, too, again, burn off that rust. Great way to go. Or if you're a reentry rider, what a great thing to do. Um, to get back into it. You're already a licensed operator for a motorcycle, right? Mm -hmm. Take the basic rider course to skills practice. Exercises only, but get back in the swing of stopping and, and turning and swerving and doing all those life-saving things. But in your case, <clears throat> you might want to consider the advanced rider course yourself uh, because that will take different skills, pair them, so that you will have one, two, and sometimes more maneuvers in you to really get you out of a situation and that's what the arc does the advanced rider course it, it it helps yes with basic control quick stops for sure stopping demonstration and curve adjustments uh cornering swerving multiple curves will put you into a, a, an exercise with multiple curves Lovely. okay right and, and, <laughs> and again decreasing radius curves okay where the, the turn is tight enough where it comes back onto itself those are look the, the two big reasons motorcyclists are hurt and killed are um speed and alcohol overrepresented in in, in, in those two things but in in the speed it's turns Okay, so that'll get you into a very happy place with different types of turns. Okay, um, and and to you know really bundle them so that you can do maneuver after maneuver quickly and efficiently, and you know over and over, and you build just a little bit of muscle memory too, so that you can come back to your to your rider coach and say, "Geez, I heard your voice in my head when I did that." So that's pretty cool. And then you know you can talk about gap analysis, gap analysis, and safety margin. So the arc is a great course to take. Now we'll have motorcycle groups. What, what I like about this, I'm, I, I'm aware of a couple of different hog chapters locally here. What they're really good at doing is making sure that their ride captains take a course every couple of years. And, and that's real cool because it helps them stay on top of um, their own skills. And then they're in a prime position to help their fellow riders when they're out on a group ride. Okay, so it's actually, it be, can become a learning thing as well. But we encourage folks to continue the learning. Be a lifelong learner. Come back, like you. That, that, you're a great example to be um, you know, leading this charge. Well, I can't overstate the importance, and, I, and Tom says the same thing. I mean, you, you just got to sharpen your skills, and you've got to practice. And sometimes you go for a while, and you develop bad habits that you, you, know, you don't even realize until mm -hmm. one of you guys points it out. And that's, you know, very beneficial. It's like, why are you doing what you're doing? Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe this is a better way of accomplishing what you want to accomplish because, yeah, you can fall into some pretty bad traps when you're on there. You can. Now, remember, three out of four New Yorkers take the, the basic rider course to become licensed. It's up over 75% now. And that's very, very good um, because becoming trained is the best first ride you can have. Um, but again, coming back for the basic rider course too, when I did that, now your passenger, my, my wife is a co-rider and they feel every, every little thing that you do. 
right? That's, yeah, that's, oh, yeah. And, and we feel every little thing that they do. Well, yes, right. we do. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, you what know, are you the, doing back there? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, my wife rides with me. She's a great co-rider. She's also a licensed rider. Um, but, but little body movements that she makes, uh, head turns, uh, shoulder turns to look at, uh, you know, something that we just went past uh, will affect my handling of, of the motorcycle. And, and I'll usually say to her, as Ben just said, what are you doing back there? And uh, so, you know, when uh, uh, getting back to your question about <clears throat> having your spouse take the course as a co-rider, uh, they, they don't ride every exercise. Uh, there's certain exercises that, that they don't ride as a co-rider. But, you know, we, we get them on the back during the exercise. And, and when I'm standing with them on the side of the range talking about what they're going to do when John pulls over and picks you up, uh, I'm teaching them at the time, too, you know. Uh, when when John turns his head to uh, to negotiate a curve, you should be turning your head because that moves your upper body to that side. And when you move your upper body to that side, it helps the motorcycle's geometry. So uh, you know they're not a passenger, as Ben said. They're a co-rider. Right. Uh, it's another set of eyes to look out for deer and to look out for people pulling out of their driveways, uh, and their body um, motion English themselves. Uh, affects the geometry of the bike. Mm-hmm. I agree completely. Um, there are other courses available to you, John, and to others. Um. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. It's all about me. Well, you know, it, you're such a great example here. I'm go- I am going to pick on you just a little bit. Well, let me just reintroduce you in case somebody just, you know, popped in in the middle of this. It's Ben Z, Program Manager for the uh, New York State Motorcycle Safety Program. Martin Kaiser, who is New York State Motorcycle Safety Program Instructor and Patriot Guard Ride Captain. And we appreciate all you guys with Patriot Guard Riders, myself included. Yourself included. And Tom Hall, Director of the Brunswick, New York Harley Owners Group Chapter. So you guys are all here, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but go ahead. I'm such a great example that... Yes. Well, (laughs) many folks have asked me, how do I take the police course? And I said, well, you become a law enforcement professional, and you do. Okay. And uh, we... But the MSF has developed a course called the basic bike bonding and the ultimate bike bonding uh, course. Now, those exercises are similar to the police course. Now, this is tight space, very tight spaces, and um, slow speed. And if you've ever wondered if you could pass that, the ultimate bike bonding, the UBB, is a ball. I hear. More, I got two other guys in the room shaking their heads. No. I hear. I hear more. It's tough. I hear more good timing and laughing during that course. Uh, we run uh, some of those classes up at Prospect Mountain during Lake George and Americade, and uh, I'll tell you, there's a whole lot of good timing going on, and I, I will see. <clears throat> 
a complete range of people that come to that, but they all have a pretty good um, ability to control that motorcycle. But uh, this is a great course to take, and it's a heck of a lot of fun. I can't imagine doing that. I mean, I watch some of these police escorts. In fact, with uh, Honor Flight, when we get down to uh, Baltimore, we hook up with the park police, and they give us an escort the rest of the way into D.C. And you watch these guys on these highways in the Baltimore-Washington area clear the road so the buses for Honor Flight can get through. It's like nothing I've ever seen before. I don't know how they do it. Well, it's funny because some of the radiuses are not quite as tight as the police course, to be clear. Okay, we don't want folks falling down on their motorcycles. Okay, does it happen? Yes, it, it happens now and again. But So we'll slight, call it slightly a little detuned, um, a little bit wider distances to turn. Uh, the, the classic exercises are there, the lollipops, the bow tie, uh, very fun. Um, <clears throat> but a little more room to perform those. Okay, so it is fun. But we'll have uh, police motor units sign up. Uh, and come and take it, and they'll they'll enjoy it, but they'll burn the rust off themselves taking the UBB. Mm-hmm. Okay, so very fun time. Well, we've talked a lot about all the different courses. Now, okay, so where does somebody go to take a course? How does it work? How do they sign up? Is there okay. a tremendous cost involved? As Tom said, listen, you, you could spend a lot of money, but you know what? It's worth it well, in, in terms of what you're going to get out of it. The, the Let me start with tuition for the um, basic rider courses remained static in upstate New York at 275 for quite a long time. Um, it's 350 downstate. Now, for that, we provide the motorcycle and the helmet. Okay, and those bikes do tend to get a little beaten up because really most people who take the basic rider course have never thrown a leg over a motorcycle, and the course is designed that way. Baby steps, like you all said, in a progression to get you to the point where we as rider coaches are still pleasantly surprised with how much people pick up and learn during that. Okay. Um, the, the other courses are on a site basis. They'll decide what the uh, tuition is going to be generally half of what a basic rider course costs. But well, you said that the basic, it covers uh, usually two days. I think it is. I think mine was three when I took it because yeah. I took a Friday night right. classroom and then two half days I think we were out. Yeah, that's sort of designed yeah. for, the, for the person who's still working. And, you know, they leave their, their job 5 o'clock Friday afternoon and they, they come for a three-hour, four-hour evening session Friday, which gets them primed for being on the range early Saturday morning to do five hours on the range and then Saturday afternoon back up into the classroom to finish the classroom work and then Sunday morning and and you're out of there for a kickoff in the fall to watch a football game. Some people prefer the two-day schedule. Right. So, you know, first thing Saturday morning all day yeah. and then first thing Sunday morning all day and then you accomplish the same 15 hours, five hours of classroom, 10 hours of on motorcycle instruction. Okay. And it's rain or shine, believe me, because when I took the uh, the basic course, it poured, poured mm. on Sunday. But we all had a blast. We recommend if you have rain gear, bring it. Yeah. It's, it's sitting on a wet motorcycle seat. Sounds fun to some. You but do have to bring gear. What What are some of the things that you have? I'm, I know you have to have um, gloves. You full, have, full fingered gloves. Full fingered gloves. Full yes. fingered gloves. All right, and, go ahead. And, and not the uh, not the cotton gardening gloves. You know, some something substantial. Um, uh, heavy jacket or protective jacket. The same with pants. 
boots have to be over the ankles. Can't can't show up in sneakers. Um, so so. Uh, and you'll tell people to go away if they don't have that stuff. Well, you know, I've I've sent people over to Walmart. You know, go buy a pair of boots right right now. You yeah, know, come on uh, back. And yeah. Come on back. Jeans with no holes. I will add one thing to Martin's laundry list there. I'd love to see a long sleeve T-shirt first, first layer. Okay, if it's a hot day, you can peel down to that. We, you need to be covered, arms right on down to your hands, gloves. Okay, so I'd love to see our students, all of them, layer. No skin. Okay, no skin can show. Okay, so yep, the boots, the pants, the, the shirt. If it's a hot day. You're gonna be glad you got that. A nice. You're gonna be glad you have a, a cotton shirt on or a performance fabric, right? Mm-hmm. And then you could always throw a fleece on or a hoodie if it gets cold. And heck, after that, you could throw your rain jacket on. Tear that rain jacket. Um, so, um, like Martin, I will have asked my students, "Gee, it's lunch break. It's raining today. Maybe you want to pop over to um, one of the local department stores and pick up some inexpensive rain gear just to make sure your afternoon's a whole lot more fun." I know I'm dry as a bone. You can be too. So, um, works out. Now, you guys have to be, um, when you're out there and you see people starting up, are there signs that you know that this person might need to be excused, they're just not going to cut it, or uh, have you had to say to people, look, <laughs> this ain't happening, um, and, and say goodbye to them? I know that from talking to people, there are some that have tried to do it and have given up themselves because they just, they feel it's too much for them. Yeah. I usually, uh, I I've had to do that. I've had to counsel people out and it, it's not necessarily a fun thing to do, but, um, you know, I, I just know that they're at a point in their development that they're not developing any farther. Um, and usually they've come to that same conclusion about five minutes before me. And they'll say, I was just thinking the very same thing. So, um, you know, it does happen. It doesn't happen frequently, uh, but it does happen. But as I just said, a lot of times they they self-counsel out. Mm -hmm. Uh, They realize that they'd uh, rather take up skydiving for their thrills. (laughs) Well, I've seen Martin work with a student that's having difficulty. Mm -hmm. Okay, He'll uh, give everyone a break and work one-on-one with that student. We call that remedial training. And I've seen Martin do it. And our coaches do that. They will work with a student if they think that the skill can be accomplished. But remember, until you master the skill of the current exercise, you can't move to the next one. So if a student becomes unsafe to themselves or to the the group, it was with heavy heart that we asked them um, to please – pack up and, and uh, go home. Well, the groups are relatively small, uh, and there is one-on-one instruction. Uh, I was having an issue, I think, with uh, – I was, for some reason, having a problem with left turns or something, Martin, mm-hmm. when I did the advanced yep. – or not the advanced, but the mm-hmm. basic rider, too. And you spent time working with me on that, one-on-one, right. which right. was great. And other people had time to you know do some other stuff. But you know it, that's the kind of thing that really helps – somebody that you know needs to develop a skill in a certain area the, the one-on-one stuff i mean we can all you know do some of these exercises together but to get better and getting tips from you guys who are instructors and uh, can enlighten us a little bit is important oh you bet the msf has been the gold standard since 1973 in training students to ride safely they've got it figured out they've got it figured out exactly how to to have a student start 
and get to the finish line, okay, and all the steps in between. But you're right. Sometimes we do have to work individually with a student. Okay. So where can they take these courses and when are they given? I well, know there's more basic rider courses than some of the other ones we talked about. There correct? are. Yeah. Um, with as many uh, upwards of 50 sites throughout the state, there's 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 a, a, a place to be trained near you. Okay, the the fastest way and the best way to get yourself located uh, to the closest training site, uh, especially one that meshes with your schedule, um, go to www.nysmsp.org. As soon as you get to that face page, there's a big yellow bar. Find a rider course near you. Plug in your zip code. There, it already populates to a 25-mile radius, and you'll see every school available to you within that radius. Look at the geography of the school. Look at the classes available. Most cases, you can see the schedule, and they're pretty well posted by this time of year already, if not within the next week or so. Now, remember, weekends fill up quick because some are conducted at community colleges and universities where the students are, eat, are using our parking lot, our training range, until later May. So weekends are a premium. So if you're going to take a course this year and take advantage of that spring riding, sign up right away. Okay, so don't wait. And then uh, during the week, we'll run seven days a week at most sites after May. Okay. Well, okay, this isn't a shameless plug, but Tom, uh, there's a benefit for being a HOG member, especially at Brunswick, because there are some times when there are special classes that um, we get the option of signing up first. Yes, uh, the Brunswick HOG chapter and the Spitzies chapter, I believe, we each have a day for the basic rider course, too. Um, some dealerships, Brunswick being one of them, if you take the basic rider course, and then you come in and buy a motorcycle, they'll reimburse you the cost of the course um, as a credit towards the motorcycle you buy. You have to provide proof that you did it, of course, but uh, um, that's another incentive. Uh, if you are a national HOG member, uh, they will s and you can show them that you uh, pass one of these courses, they will send you a $50 gift certificate, good at any Harley dealer in the country. So there are, uh, and, and then there's the insurance savings. A lot of insurance companies will give you a 10% credit um, off of your insurance for either the basic course or the BRC2. Um, and that, coupled with the other savings you get, means that you may take the course for free, ultimately. It mm -hmm. may not cost you a dime to take the course. Can you and, imagine all those skills and you didn't have to pay <coughs> for it? <laughs> yes, and save your life. And save your life. Yeah. To drill down a little bit from what... Uh, Ben was just talking about, um, you know, the listeners who live right here in the in the capital region, um, they can go to uh, hvcc.edu slash rider, and that will bring up the schedule and the information uh, at Hudson Valley. Uh, or they can call 518-629-7339 uh, and just to let people know, registration is right around the corner. March 1st is when we start taking registrations. Yeah, well, the first um, courses are right at the end of March. Yeah. And for um, the people who don't know if they want to get involved in this sport or not, uh, there I'll say it again, it is a sport. Uh, there's going to be a, um, uh, an open house at Hudson Valley on March 3rd uh, between 9 and 11 o'clock. 
at the Volmer Telecommunication Building, which is right outside where we teach. They'll be able to actually look at the range. So, um, you know, come over on March 3rd, talk to some of the rider coaches, and uh, I think there's going to be a trainer there, um, and uh, they can have some fun and learn a little bit about motorcycling. Mm-hmm. And, and also, one of the really one of the best things that I do, and I'm sure Martin will agree, uh, on two wheels, one of the best things we do is being an MSF certified rider coach, bringing people into this sport. There's nothing more enjoyable than riding a motorcycle, and especially in New York, is beautiful, and so is Pennsylvania, and so is some of the neighboring states we have. It's a wonderful, fun thing to do, and um, you make a few dollars, and you train people, and when you look into those eyes and you hand them a completion card, which is going to help them at DMV to put them on the road, you just see the gratitude and the joy, and it, it, it really it, it moves you. Okay, so becoming an MSF rider coach, um, you know, just go to the website I referred you to. You'll get my contact information right there. NYS for New York State, MSP for Motorcycle Safety Program, .org. That's Ben Z. He is the uh, program manager for the New York State Motorcycle Safety Program. All right, you got to tell me, there has to have been over the course of time, both of you guys, Ben and Martin, some funny moments that have happened during these courses mm. looking for looking for a story well i always have a story <laughs> <laughs> it's two days before halloween i'm in hudson valley teaching a class uh, as a coach and it was got cold and rainy and it was funny because i i asked the class to go buy rain gear uh, locally there's a couple of department stores and i said please buy some rain gear because it's going to get miserable this afternoon all three of the ladies in the class, forgive me, guys, all three of the ladies in the class went out and bought rain gear. I consider them gifted, and they were fine. Um, and while it, it continued to rain and get colder, a car with a motorcycle ahead of it, the motorcycle goes between the cones and pulls onto my active training range. And I, I was a little put out. I, and I, I stopped the class. And I said, okay, we're, we were talking about calling it and coming in early the next day because of the weather. And this guy pulls his helmet off, and he walks right up to me. And I recognized him a little bit. And he was a former student. And he pointed his finger at me, and he said, he addressed the class. He said, now, this guy right here is the reason I have this motorcycle here today. Okay. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And I look over at the car and his wife blows me a kiss. Well, now my chin is quivering. I got to turn away from the class. I knew exactly why I was out there, why I'm out there in the rain. Okay, he, he had just picked up his motorcycle. His wife was following home, him home. He saw I was running a class at HVCC, and he came in, and <clears throat> the emotion overcame me. I had to walk away, but true story. Wow. Martin, you're, I, I, you're I, up. I don't know if I have anything funnier than that. I, I just have, you know, 15, 16 years of, of 
good memories that have all sort of gelled into into one happy place of uh, of students who uh, ha- have come in on a Saturday morning with absolutely zero experience and at the end of the Sunday afternoon, they're, they're the best writer in the group. Um, I've had... That was uh, me. That's, <laughs> that was Tom. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, just a, a lot of good feelings. Uh, as I said earlier, I, I just like at the end of the day to see 10, 11, 12 students leaving with big smiles on their yeah. faces and uh, that completion card in their in their hand. Although that's not a guarantee. They're not all going to get completion cards. You have to... You have to complete the evaluation successfully, um, but it's, it's just a good feeling to know uh, people um, are are relatively safe. You know, they've they've got the basic skills. That's why it's called a basic rider course. Now they have to go out and, and practice and get a lot of miles under their tires. That's where John started. And uh, I want to ask Tom because I talked a lot about when I took yeah. these courses and some of the things that uh, that I went through. Uh, what are your memories of taking your uh, riding courses? Because you were shaking your head no that you weren't the best rider out there. When oh, cl- oh, clearly, clearly. <laughs> um, oh, I remember being sweltering. And I remember <laughs> coming home and saying, well, I passed my wife going, ah, crap. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I, uh, I've always come a- a- away from each course thanking myself for um, doing it and also looking out and seeing other people who I cajoled, harassed, talked into taking the course when they might not have otherwise done that and knowing that, okay, um, they have a better chance today than they had before they took this. Um, and as I said, I know some people who have has saved their lives. So um, that that's my that's kind of my memory of it. Um, uh, although the one thing that I the one bad habit I get into uh, periodically, and I I did well, I didn't have Martin in the course. I forget there was a young lady who taught who had a booming voice, and uh, it's the turn the head. It's look into the oh, turn. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah and I, got I find th- myself <laughs> not doing it yep. sometimes, and I whip my head around, and I hear her, look into the turn. Look at the turn. That's what I have so, for Martin. So, Same thing. Um, yeah. Head up and look into the turn. That's it. Yep, <laughs> yep. Don't You've done look, your job, guys, Don't look right? at me. Look at the turn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a couple of questions, quick questions. Are the courses as packed now as they were, say, a few years ago? Are there more? Is there still a great interest in learning the craft? Well, over the last six years that I've been here, uh, we've opened some new ranges mm-hmm. to reduce student wait times. We take that very seriously. Um, where years ago you would see a six or eight week wait time, it's not that way anymore. I'll be in the middle of July with an average student wait time of 12 days. Mm-hmm. So uh, the answer to your question is, is that we've done a pretty good job of making sure that there is accessible training available to students in pretty well every region within the state. Is it pretty well balanced between men and women? It's funny. It, it, the, the demographic of, of uh, female riders continues to grow a little bit every year. Uh, it's, it's just a couple percent, between 2 and 3 percent every year. But remember, after 10 years, that's a pretty significant yeah. chunk, right? Mm-hmm. So, yes, uh, 
female riders are growing, and uh, it's awfully good to see the manufacturers out there producing motorcycles with seat heights that are appropriate. It's good to see motorcycle equipment manufacturers building women's specific jackets. They're cut right. They fit right. And uh, it's good to see all of that because uh, there are a lot more female riders out there. And that's great. And and we have quite a few female um, MSF rider coaches, too. So we try to keep that. Uh, th- those numbers in line uh, with that. So we, again, we're encouraging ladies out there everywhere who ride, who are role models, who are looking to become in, uh, MSF rider coaches. Hop on. It's, it's what a about, great time. What about age groups? What what would you say is a typical, is, is the age range of people that take the courses? That is a mixed bag. Um, all age, uh, age groups are represented. It's funny. Um, the there are the millennial generation is they're a little bit slower to com, come into the motorcycling fold, um, but but they're coming. Okay, the um, I'd say the, the, that, there Tom. is no no age bracket <laughs> that's um, standing out to us. We notice that as far as incidents are concerned, it, it's happening more with younger riders out there now. Um, but uh, quite frankly, um, you know, there's I couldn't point a finger at any one age group that's dominating. We'll have folks just coming out of high school um, have their driver license. And, uh, you know, come on, take the course, and then we'll see folks who, who have retired, who's decided, gee, I've got some time now, I'll take a course, okay? But there are so many good motorcycles out there now um, to fit pretty much every rider out there. There are so many great bikes that uh, there's something for everybody. And, and to go back to the curriculum, there's something for everybody as well, beginners right through advanced. Mm-hmm. So we can take people like you who have been, you know, trained and uh, there's some there's more that we can do for you I'm, I'm trying to remember i think there was a question it might have been when we were just kind of offline a little bit in the classroom well we went around the room we introduced ourselves and i think the question was uh so what bike do you have or what do you anticipate riding um what do you get a sense of now is that you still ask that question i i don't because mm-hmm. it's it's all over the map Okay, and it's such a personal thing about what you ride. I've got six bikes, all different manufacturers, okay, all different niche bikes. And um, so I don't. Really, it's, there are so many great models with so many different manufacturers right now. that we, I, It doesn't matter. That's the beauty of motorcycling. It's an individualized thing. Okay, you ride with eyes in the beauty of the beholder. You can look at one bike and see total beauty. My brother looks at one of my bikes and said, that's the ugliest thing I've ever seen. Okay. But to me, I see beauty in that. So, um, so it's, it's uh, again, you know, such a mixed bag. I don't even, I don't even ask anymore. Interesting. Cause one of the questions that's come up, uh, with Harley Davidson that I've heard is how do we, uh, as Harley Davidson reach millennials? Cause they don't seem to be Harley fans. I don't know whether they're fans of different types of bikes, crotch rockets or whatever. Uh, I don't know. But that's been a, a question, and it's one that, that uh, I know has been discussed in some of the meetings with, uh, with the Harley owners groups and uh, the chapters and things like that. It's how do we get new people to be part of our chapter, you know, and, and get into the joy of riding. Well, the, all the manufacturers are doing a great job coming out with smaller bikes, 
less cost of, of entry. They're coming out with um, you know models with, with lower seat heights to attract female riders. They're they're doing a good job providing a, a, a lot of different models that would appeal to a real diverse group of uh, buyers. So I, I believe that they they are doing a good job looking to appeal to uh, millennials. And you know that's certainly a code that everyone needs to crack. Yeah, um, Tom, you want to comment on that at all? I know what I read in the investment press. Well, and you know what you see when they come into the shop. And I know what I see, but I've been doing that for 11 years, and I've seen the same thing for 11 years. So this idea that millennials, whatever group that, that is. supposedly is now. They're too busy texting. Um, isn't good. They're Kidding. not going to ride motorcycles because they're too busy doing video games and texting. Uh, I'm not buying that. Uh, and, and the people who write that, um, they don't ride motorcycles. They don't buy motorcycles. They're on Wall Street. I don't know what they know about the subject. And I, when I read the article, I look and see if the guy's got any credentials to tell me why he knows more about riding a motorcycle than I do. And I, I don't find any. So I think some of that is uh, written for the people who want to invest in Harley-Davidson or some other company and not for the rider mm -hmm. or the prospective rider. Um, it seems to me that uh, everybody will decide uh, that they see something to be uh, gained by this activity um, or they're afraid of it or it's not for them or whatever. And I don't necessarily think that has to do with age or you know what you're whether you're interested in video games or not because I think that's a phenomenon that's been going on for 15 years and I don't see um, I see a lot of young people on different kinds of bikes not on Harleys but I see them on different kinds of bikes well yeah you look at the parking lot for the toy run and it's a very diverse group it's, it's not a bunch of old guys with beards mm -hmm. like some of like some us. of us. <laughs> sure. Well, you also have to consider that uh, you know, many motorcycles get 50, especially the smaller ones, 50, 60 miles to the gallon. Right. And that's huge. That's a good draw um, as far as uh, you know, having a good green footprint. And I think that would apply um, to millennials, too. When the next gas crunch comes, mm -hmm. and it will, oh, yeah. I don't care what they say now, um, there will come a day when gas will be $4 a gallon, and people will be looking, looking back to the days when Martin was looking to first ride. Um, how do I get that kind of uh, mileage and have fun? Mm -hmm. Because you, 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 you can buy, you buy a Toyota Prius <laughs> and you'll get now great mileage. <laughs> but you won't have the kind of fun you have on the back of a two-wheeled bike. Never going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I've and I've owned both. You had a Prius. Yes. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> you don't have it anymore. No, I have a I have a plug-in Ford now. Oh wow! And a big red, and a big red truck. So all right, we get both bases covered. That's right. All right. Wow, things I didn't know. Very interesting. <coughs> and uh, and Ben, if people want to get um, like their those lawn signs or stickers or whatever that you see around that say you know watch out for motorcycles what what should they do stop in come see us we're at 434 saratoga road and it's really glenville but the address is scotia 
um, New York, 12302, or call us, and uh, we'll direct you in. But we have uh, yard signs, and we'd love you to put them up. Help spread the word. You Absolutely. Bet. Dealers have them, too. Okay. Stop in. Get your lawn sign. Get you your bet. stickers. Uh-huh. Get your magnets. Get your pens. The, the, more, <laughs> uh, the more people we make aware, the better. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, awareness level has to heighten because it's, you know, we were talking to joking around a little bit about texting, but that is a very dangerous thing still on the road, whether it's uh, illegal or not. Um, it seems like when you hear about somebody not paying attention, it's because they were paying attention to their, their cell phone. Their cell phone. <laughs> and that's brutal for a motorcycle rider. Well, distracted driving is very, very big. Uh, I'm not even going to quote the stats I've heard that terrify me to death. But I will tell you this. With a bright, high-visibility yellow jacket on, even peripheral vision can pick that up, okay? With a DOT helmet, that helps too. So um, in the summertime, gee, why don't you look at a nice see-through mesh armored jacket? That's, of course, there's two colors you should look at. That's high-vis yellow and high-vis yellow. Okay, so not a pretty orange. Uh, you can, but you know some of the flags and some of the you know, side, uh, some of the signs that you'll see on the side of the road from road crews and whatnot. And, and it seems as though people don't pay much attention to those either. But the um, the high vis yellow, I think, catches a, a driver's eye. Okay, especially if they're they're looking down at the bottom of their steering wheel and you know what they're doing, right? So help yourself be visible and conspicuous. One of the things we do a very nice job of is helping our students stay out of blind spots. That includes cars, that's lane position. You know, there's a there's a lot of things that a, a rider can do to remain conspicuous, not just clothing, which is protective in nature too. But they can choose their lane position carefully to stay out of those blind spots. Um, especially tractor trailers and, and big rigs, okay, but cars too. There are, again, just natural barriers inside every vehicle. Uh, motorcycles are small. When a motorcycle is being tailgated by, say, a truck, you, that rider, you can't see them. They've just been hidden into the grill of that truck. Can't see them, okay? So, again, there's ways that you can stay conspicuous that make you safer than um, some of the some of the other things that people are are promoting. Okay, so I, I tend to wear the, the the very bright gear so that people can see me. Give yourself the edge. We've covered a lot of ground. Any uh, final thoughts from any of you guys before we uh, wrap this up? I'm out for a course. Yeah. that's all I can say. It's get it's, on the website, it's, it's check it I, out. What was the www dot again? www dot nys for New, for New York State, MSP for Motorcycle Safety Program. So that's nysmsp.org. Tom, Martin, Ben, thank you for being here. It's on two wheels on PIX 106. Radio. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.